1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. We're still in this series on faith and prayer, and I have, I have been saying that my goal is for uh, you to be effective in your prayer life. I think that people not praying, God's people not praying, is not because they don't love the Lord or because they don't love Jesus. I think that they prayed and they didn't get much out of it. So my goal is to help you get more out of it. Uh, last Wednesday, we left off in John, John's Gospel, chapter 15. But let's go to chapter 16, verse 23. John 16, 23. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Everybody say, in my name. In my name. Until now, you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. So we can be forerunners for our generation. I believe that. If we will take up the challenge to build the prayer habit into our lives, we will join the men and women of the ages past who have dared to walk where no one has walked before. Through prayer, we can open channels for God's grace to reach the human race. Through prayer, we can build roads for others to walk on. And I know people could judge me for this, but the fact of the matter is, uh, you drove onto property that I believed in. You parked on a concrete parking lot that's the result of my prayer life. You walked into a building that stands here because of my prayer life. I mean, it's, it's the reality of it. So, what if I had not said yes to the Lord? What if after we pioneered the church and we were meeting in the hotel and I got two or three months into 1984 and I told Sue, I don't know enough. What if we had gone somewhere else instead of Kenneth Hagin's? We wouldn't be sitting here tonight. See? And, uh, but you have to understand, in fact, it's, it's in the message, not Sunday, but a week from Sunday, that uh, success has its enemies. And the same thing is true with prayer. And you have to be mindful of that. And uh, the good thing about having your back to the wall at least one time in your life and coming up from nothing is you care less. I think that it's people that have never really hit the wall seem to be more mindful of what other people think. But anybody that's really hit the wall and then they come into the Word and the Word works for them, they don't really care what people think because they know what works. They know what doesn't work and they know what works. And the Word works. Amen. And uh, so... We build roads for others to walk upon. You, you, you build roads for your children. Let me tell you what. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm excited about December 21st. I'm excited about the Christmas star because, you know, uh, this kind of stinks. And uh, ain't nobody going to miss this. But on the other hand, a day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. The Lord doesn't think about time like we do. So when he whispered to me four Thursday mornings ago, just it, it won't be long now, that could be a hundred years to him. Because time to him is not like time to us. Are you getting this? So my point is going forward. I mean, they're talking about having to have a vaccination card to go back to work. They're talking about having to have a vaccination card to fly. So <laughs> I don't think I've ever quoted the verse in my life because it can be so misunderstood and so judged. But in Ecclesiastes, the word of God does say that money is the answer to everything. So uh, what would it take to not need a vaccination card and travel and not need a vaccination card when it comes to going back to work and all that? What would it take if you just had what? Money. Enough money. See? So I suspect this. I suspect that the longer the Lord leaves his church on this planet, the more faith his people are going to have to exercise to live on this planet. I suspect that. Does that make sense? And it's no big deal. I just, uh, I've read all the Christmas cards now. <laughs> and I did read one or two where people said in the spring, they went backwards a little bit, but I have not read one Christmas card or letter from y'all that said you were going to end the year behind 2019. I have not read one. Well, that's a miracle. And if God carried us and protected us in 2020, guess what? He can carry us and protect us in 2021. Same God. And the, you say, well, the world's nuts. They were nuts all year. So if they're nuts next year, how is that different than this year? Right? Same God. That's the way I look at everything. Same God. Same Bible. Same Holy Spirit. Same blood of Jesus. Amen. I mean, there's no verse in here that says, now, when these signs begin to come to pass, get scared. Not one. So we don't. So my point is, by your prayer life, you can also build roads for your children. I mean, do you really want to take your precious seed and uh, let them go to some school where they're going to be brainwashed in nonsense? And you understand, we wouldn't be here as a nation right now if it hadn't been for two decades of them teaching climate change because they have, they have brainwashed now enough Americans into believing you can control the weather by paying higher taxes. So now I forgot which governor was talking about uh, that this virus has to be eradicated. You cannot name a virus that has ever naturally occurred or artificially occurred on, on planet Earth that has been 
vanquished or suppressed? They're out there somewhere. They're out there somewhere. I mean, there are parts of the world they still have polio. There are parts of the world they still have smallpox. There are parts of, I mean, it's nearly eradicated, but there's no virus. I mean, how simple do you have to be to believe a government that can't control the border, a government, and, and how about this? You don't need an ID to vote, but you may have to have a vaccine card to fly. Trust them? Yeah, but Pastor, you just, you know, a member, a member messaged me. You just don't know how serious this is. I don't care how serious it is. Bother me in the least. Because, see, my, my total absolute downside is, you want to know what the worst case scenario is? I'd be on the streets of God tomorrow. I'm not worried about that. Amen. But uh, there has never been a vaccine for a coronavirus in the history of the world. And they do one in six months? No. I mean, really? Would you even buy a car that they designed and built in six months' time? How about this? Would you fly in an airplane they designed and built in six months' time? Now, I'm not preaching against vaccines because, you know, you know, I was vaccinated for this and that, and our kids were vaccinated and our grandkids, but the main thing we do is, you know, it costs money, but you space them out because apparently the damage is done when they do a bunch together to save money. So our, our grandchildren, whatever they get, they're all spaced out. So I'm not preaching against vaccines. I'm saying don't be an idolater and, and trust man, any man. Trust the Lord. I lift up my eyes under the hills from whence cometh my help. And he's not talking about the seventh Calvary. He's talking about the Lord God. We look to the Lord for our protection. Amen. He protects us. I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know if anybody's sick. This is an astounding thing. This is a big church. And I don't know of anybody sick. I don't even know of anybody that needs a job. In the year of the corona. This is a big church. And I don't know of a single person who needs a job. This is a miracle. We're living in a miracle. And the same God that allowed us to live in a miracle in 2020, if we're here in 2021, we'll be walking in a, we'll stand here next December talking about this is a year of miracles. But the road, my point is the road is paved with prayer. Amen. I had to borrow Austin's iPad. How do you turn this thing back on? It's probably got a code, password, 
whatever. I left mine at home in the uh, closet. Oh, my. Of course, Pastor Jeans is old. So through prayer, faith life can be joined together with God's faith life. And we don't think about that. The very fact that the very fact that he sent Jesus to planet Earth as a, uh, a seed in the womb of a virgin to the Greek word in John 1 is the same word for tabernacle or pitch a tent. He tabernacled among us and he grew up. He was a baby. He was a toddler. He was a child. He was a boy. He grew up and then At age 30, he entered the ministry. He lived a sinless life, and he was put to death by government and religion. But think about that. When God did all that, that was an act of faith. What if in in 2,000 years, nobody had believed the good report? It would have been a waste. So our God is a faith God. He did what he did for us as an act of faith. Through prayer, we can stop having fallow ground hearts and become soft-hearted toward the lost. And literally, we can become fellow workers with God. Through prayer, we can become branches that are bearing real fruit from the real vine. And that's the idea or concept we left off with Wednesday night, last Wednesday night, prayer fruit. John 15, 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Everybody say fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Now, why would he say remain in me and I will remain in you unless it were possible to not remain in him? No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me, here it is, verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. Now, we don't really believe that. And the reason is, it's too broad a promise. A lot of the problem with the word of God, T.L. Osborne told me, is it's too wonderful. It's just too wonderful. And we have trouble accepting it because it's too wonderful. But see, the caveat here is if you remain in him and his words remain in you, you may ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. The New King James says in verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. So he's talking about fruit. He's talking about prayer fruit. Is your time in prayer bearing any prayer fruit? And I, I believe this with all of my heart. We ought to, everybody here, you ought to be able to take me home with you and you ought to be able to walk me around the house and say, I believe that in and I believe that in or show me a checkbook, I believe this in, or show me a car, I believe that in, whatever it is, a baby. I just read a a praise report, a Christmas letter today. Uh, Somebody couldn't have a child, they had a child, you know. You can go by what the doctor says, or you can go by what the Word of God says. Amen. Amen. 
So we ought to, we ought to have fruit around us that, that we can identify that I, I prayed about this and I believe this in. Amen. And I, I realize, you know, it's the holiday season. It's a Wednesday night. And, uh, you know, I don't know how many new folks we have. It looks like mainly home folks. But you understand, people get upset about this. And uh, we just believe stuff in. Now, that's not that much of a thing. It isn't. It sounds weird, doesn't it? But I mean, used to, you know, if I wanted a watch, I had to believe it in. Or if I wanted a, a car or whatever, I had to believe it in. As time goes by and you're a doer of the word of God, that's not even an issue. And uh, so I believe things in for the church and they come. They come. They don't all come right away. They don't all come right away, but they come. And the, but the thing is, they stack up. That's what I'm getting at. They stack up. The ble- Say it out loud. The blessings of the Lord stack up. The blessings of the Lord stack up. Amen. So abide means to settle down in, to live in, to take up residence in. Not an overnight stop, long term. Here's a paraphrase. If you live in, settle down in, take up residence in, and my words live in, settle down in, and take up residence in you, you shall ask what you desire, and it shall be done unto you. So how can he say, ask what you will? Well, the key is, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. So when you live that way, you know what God's word says. And here's what's happening to us as a culture. And and this is why social media is so bad. Social media has really done damage to not just the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Social media has done damage to the culture. And here's why. Because... You cannot watch, I don't mean to be unkind or judgmental, but you cannot watch a modern movie and you cannot watch a modern TV series without the gay agenda being in the movie or to the TV show. So we are being conditioned. And what's happening over time is the Christian worldview is being lost. And we're, we're being conditioned to think a certain way. I mean, just this week I saw a survey, 71% of Americans believe that masks will keep them safe. On the flip side, turn that coin over, 85% of COVID hospitalizations are people who wear masks. Smith Wigglesworth was the greatest healing evangelist of the 19th century, and one of the most famous sayings of Smith Wigglesworth was this, sin makes people stupid. So... There's one concept, now don't go to work tomorrow talking about this, but there's one concept, there's one concept that explains 2020. If you can get your mind around one concept that explains 2020, you know what it is? The judgment of God. I mean, you know, I read where the uh, investigative reporter just found out in one county in Colorado, in 2020, 40% of all COVID deaths were gunshot victims. 
that is a really heck of a comorbidity. <laughs> and sadly, 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 you, could, you, you might say, how in the world could one county in Colorado have that many gunshot victims? Suicides, because human beings were not meant to live like this. You know, when you leave tonight, it's going to be dark, but across the road here on our 20 acres, you got longhorns. They hang out together. If it was horses, they would hang out together. If cows and horses hang out together, why would you think human beings aren't meant to hang out together? And, and everything is so stupid. You know, Costco's full, Sam's is full, airplanes are full, but you can't hold church in most states. So it really is not about a virus, it's about controlling people. And I don't know about you, but I, I generally really don't feel safe in a Walmart. <laughs> Period. You know, Sue is going to Walmart to get a, a, a toy for a grandchild for Christmas because online it was gone, but she looked up. Somehow she found out there was one at a certain Walmart. I will not mention which one. And she said, I'm going to run to Walmart and get this uh, for such and such grandchild. I said, well, you better take that coat off. <laughs> you know, get something grubby. <laughs> Amen. So I'm just saying. Another great saying of Smith Wigglesworth was this. The word of God is true and everything else is a lie. Oh, Christian worldview. So my point is, so over the years, and, I, and I'm a smart guy, I read. So the cool thing, you know, the cool thing is for pastors to not dress. The cool thing is uh, for pastors to uh, look like they just came from the jogging track. Uh, the cool thing is uh, for pastors to wear their hair all messed up. Uh, the cool thing is to uh, not have Bible verses and sermons. The cool thing is to not teach the Word of God. I understand all of this. You have to understand, I read, I understand all of this. I just don't care. Because I'm not going to be judged on how, what our attendance was. I'm not going to be judged on what our income was. I'm going to be judged on whether or not I was faithful. That's good. So that's what's on my radar. Okay, but my point is, now we've come across decades of this. How many years ago was it that David Wilkerson wrote, Set the Trumpet to Thy Mouth? Was that in the 80s? 90s? 80s. 80s. So now we're 30 years into this. So you've got the church of the living God dumbed down. See, it's not just the public out here dumbed down. The church of the living God is dumbed down. And if you, the less word you know, the less you are able to stand against whatever. A sickness, uh, unemployment, uh, a loss of a job, whatever it is. It's all the, look, all Christian victory is based on the written word of God. And the less you know, the more vulnerable you are for Satan to attack you. There's a lady here tonight came up to me a couple of years back and said, you know, she was just horrified. She said, Pastor, I spent my whole life in church and I was never taught any of this. I said, look, I said, I don't think 
your average minister would know something and withhold it from you. I said, they probably didn't know. You can't teach what you don't know. And you talk about churches being dumbed down. The seminaries have been dumbed down forever. And so, and they're turning out these ministers. You know, there's a, there are illustrations in my life right now. I'm thinking about one, but I'm not going to share it because everybody say I'm nuts. But, but we have greater authority and we have greater power than we know. But if you don't step out and you don't exercise the authority Jesus gave you, how will you ever know? How will you ever know what authority you have? How will you ever know? So when you live this way, uh, if you abide in me and my word, my words abide in you, when you live this way, you'll know what God's word says. And, and I don't mean to be crude, but see, it'll also keep you from being a dumb sucker. Because people in 2020 are just way too gullible. They're just way too gullible. And when you, when you build that Bible into your spirit, man, you just don't believe everything people are handing out. I could throw a hand grenade right here that would just fry your brain, but I'm not going to do that either. You'll know your covenant rights. You'll know your covenant rights. You'll know what has been bought and paid for you by the blood of Christ. You'll know what would please God, and you'll know what would displease God, and you, you, you know what would be harmful to you. When we pray, we know that we are not failing. We are winning. And when we pray, our lives have power. Say it out loud. When we pray, when we pray. our lives have power. Say it again. When we pray, when we pray. Our, lives have power. our lives have power. And then what happens is we see the fruit. We see that we're making out of failure men and failure women successes in this life. Most of the wealth in this church walked in the door with nothing. There's a man here tonight, you know, sent me a text, you know, on his 16th spiritual birthday. And, uh, you know, they, they were druggies. But they're millionaires. See? But, but listen to me now. I'm not taking anything on myself. I, I'm saying the word, the word, the word, because if I wasn't teaching the word, that wouldn't happen here. Can you see that? If I wasn't pointing people to the word, that wouldn't happen here. So we turn failure men and failure women into successes in this life. Amen. Amen. And when other men see what God has done in our lives, it beckons others to dare and join us in this holy union with God. I just came through Acts. Now I'm in Revelation, but I just came through Acts in the annual Bible reading. It's fascinating because as the church got persecuted, they grew faster. And it said no one else dared join them there. And yet more and more were added to their number daily. It's a paradox in, in the book of Acts. No one else dared join them there because of the persecution that was breaking out. And, and if you read the four Gospels and the book of Acts, you will see that the persecution was based in jealousy because Jesus had bigger crowds than the Jews and 
the believers then in the book of Acts had bigger crowds. It was all based in jealousy. They killed Jesus based on jealousy. That's why you don't want to go out here and cast your pearls before swine. Amen. Yeah. And we don't mean to be sneaky, but, you know, I bought Sue a car at the turn of the year. And, you know, she was kind of horrified because they delivered it. And then I put it on another semi and I sent it to Miami. She said, why'd you do that? I said, not everybody needs to see us driving that. Go to, go to Florida and drive it. <laughs> and then the first time we went to Florida, then COVID hit. We brought it home. <laughs> to heck with what people think. Amen. But I'm just saying, but, but she, she didn't take that to Walmart today. I know that. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm not calling Walmart swine, but. In other words, so you don't have to tell everybody about all your prayer fruit showing up. Tell your neighbor, you don't have to tell everybody about all your prayer fruit showing up. Because the Lord answers prayer. And, and that my point is, and it's kind of a warning, not everybody's happy about the Lord answering your prayers because when you, when you go to Christmas now, we're past Thanksgiving, when you go to Christmas and you say, man, the Lord answered my prayer and, and I got this and I got that and, and look at this house. And it bums people out because, see, if you, if you say you stole it, or, or how about this? You borrowed the money from the stupid government on COVID and then you bought a house or whatever. They got no problem with that. But when you say the Lord did this and the Lord did that, they don't like that because the implication is that the Lord might have done this for you and the Lord might have done that for you, but he didn't. And I think that's, that's why this room's not packed tonight. But I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you everything you see, the Lord my God did. Everything you see, the Lord my God supplied. And, and, and if I'd been one of these preachers that didn't teach the word and didn't pray, we would, we, we'd still be in the hotel. Because it was just miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. It was. It really was. It was God. It was God all the way. It was God. But I know this, if you don't ask, he, he doesn't have an opportunity to answer. And I know this, <laughs> I know this, because I spent a lot of years praying and didn't get these kind of results. I know this, when you, when you follow the instructions of the Lord Jesus Christ in John 14, John 15, John 16, and Mark 11, you get answers. But when you pray I guess the way other people pray or the way is common to pray, you don't get answers. I know that. I lived in that realm. I know that. When we pray, when we obey God, other people see failures transfigured into successes. When we pray, when we obey God, other people see failures transfigured into successes. I mean, I could have them stand up. There are men here tonight, and when I met them, they didn't have two nickels to rub together. But the world would call them wealthy. Amen. Amen. God does that. 
I said, God does that. God does that. When we pray, other people see men who have been held for years in absolute, as absolute slaves to narcotics and drink set free and walk in the fullness of their liberty in Christ. Set free by the power of God. And let me tell you what, a wordless church can't do that. And I'll tell you something else too. A church that doesn't have the Spirit of God and the baptism and the Holy Spirit and it doesn't do that either. Amen. When we pray, those in bondage reach their hands out for help and our Father takes hold of them and lifts them up and sets them on the solid rock of Jesus. So develop the prayer habit and join this mighty group of intercessors who are making the desert places bloom in the desert. Make the, makes the desert places bloom like the rose. You who have never made prayer the central business of your daily life, make an investment of time and see what God will do. For prayer is the greatest business of the age, yet it seems to be an art form, a secret, to which too few have ever learned to appreciate. Open yourself up to God in prayer and let him pour himself through you until your home and your business and your associates can feel the life of God and the love of God in you. For in him we live and move and have our being, Acts 17, 28. If you'll commit to the prayer habit and stay with it and perfect your praying, not just pray, Perfect your praying so that you get regular answers to prayers and miracles on a regular basis. You will begin to see that every answered prayer is a miracle in and of itself, proving to you over and over and over again that God is alive and his word is true. You realize Satan talks to me just like he talks to you. You realize that, right? You don't ever graduate to some level where the devil doesn't bother you. And uh, so, you know, sometimes he'll come along with this nonsense. You know, how do you know it's all real? How do you know when you die there'll be a heaven? You know, he rolls out that nonsense. See, be, well, because I got all these answers to prayer. Who, who's been answering me? See, who, see, if you don't have answers to prayer, you don't have confidence. If you don't... If you, and that's why it helped me after October 2017, I started writing down miracles. We'd had miracles all the time. And here's the weird thing about it. And I'd have to go back. I'd have to find the message. I'd have to look it up. But the Lord spoke to me a few weeks back. And he, he, he gave me the number of miracles since October of 2017. And here's what's weird. His number was different than mine. His number was higher than mine. So he's performing miracles for us all the time, and we're not even aware of it, or we don't even take notice of it. But it helped me to start writing them down. Because when I started writing them down, I began to expect them. To look up and expect them. To get up in the morning. And uh, when my feet hit the floor, to say, I wonder what miracle God will do for me today. If you deny that miracles are for this age, you are actually denying the need and the privileges and the benefits of prayer. The twofold value of prayer lies first in standing in his presence or in direct fellowship with the Father. And the second benefit is the answer that comes to us. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. These are two of the most important verses in the Bible. You could hardly hear John Osteen speak without quoting 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, verse 15, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, 
We know that we have what we ask of him. So the objective is not trying to get God to hear us. If I could only get God to hear me, that's not the point. If you will study, if you will find scriptures that cover your situation, if you will pray to Father God in the name of Jesus on the basis of the Bible, he hears you. See, because that, that stupid vaccine card, let me tell you what. The, the, the main access card you need is the name of Jesus because when you go to Father God in the name of Jesus, that, that's your door pass. That's your entry card. And I like to think of it this way. I like to think of it this way. The only language he understands is his language. That's the way I think of it. Now, I'm not saying you have to pray exact words from the Bible because, of course, that couldn't be it because most of us don't know Greek and Aramaic and Hebrew, so we couldn't do that anyway. And there's all these translations out there, but speak in the language of God based on the Word of God. And here's the other advantage of the annual Bible reading and meditating in the Word of God and studying the Word of God. You build the language of God into your life. And so when trouble comes, you just naturally blurt out the word of God. It just, you can't help it because it's in your heart. So it comes out of your mouth. Your mouth betrays what's in your heart. So when you build the word of God into your heart and trouble comes automatically, you're going to speak the word of God. So for God, the father to hear my prayer is equivalent to his answering it. The very fact that he hears me is a miracle. We don't think of it this way, but for God to hear my prayer is a miracle in and of itself. And for God to answer my prayer, regardless of its nature, that's a miracle. It it staggers the imagination that they shut down a $20 trillion a year economy. And to the best of my knowledge, I'm sure it's happened, but I don't know about it. To the best of my knowledge, no politician has asked for God's help on the coronavirus. I'm sure it's happened, but I don't know of it. Now, maybe $20 trillion is not a lot of money to you, but if it were me, the thought might have occurred to me to pray about it before I stopped this spigot. And they played him. You know and I know they would not have done that to a Democrat president. They played him. And then the fear factor. You have to do something. And if you don't do something, well, then they attack you for that. It's a complete no-win situation. But I'm measuring my words. If someone had a a recreated spirit within them and someone had trained that recreated spirit by studying the word, believing the word, confessing the word, and taking action on the word, they would not have gone down this road. You can't be fooled if you train that recreated human spirit. And the only way we do that 
is by hearing the word, believing the word, confessing the word, and taking action on the word. As we do that, we get stronger. As we do that, we're less gullible. As we do that, Satan's influence in our lives wanes. Now, now there's another problem with this whole thing because the average citizen is so weak. I mean, I'm just horrified how, how few churches have reopened in Texas. Just amazes the heck out of me. Some of them have the name faith in their name and they haven't reopened. It just blows my mind. One, when they held church, the pastor wore rubber gloves. Touch my hand. See, touch my hand, touch my hand. See, I'm not afraid of y'all. In fact, I'm not afraid. I mean, what would you think of me? If I was standing up here right now with a mask and rubber gloves on. That's hinky. May as well be wearing a dress. Fear. Fear. And they're not afraid of the people dying. They're afraid of them, themselves getting sick. <laughs> Just amazes me. <laughs> but thank God the government's there to loan them money. They can keep going with borrowed money. Man here at Faith Christian Center. We just spoke the word of God during the Holy Week revival. I was impressed with how many of y'all referred to the Holy Week revival in your Christmas letters. Because, you know, I thought, ain't nobody watching this. <laughs> you know, and, but I laid it down for future generations. But I was impressed how many Christmas letters people mentioned the Holy Week revival. And man, we just said what the word of God said. And we said what we believed. And we said, and we prophesied how this year was going to turn out. And we got it. Amen. Amen. And there was no fear in any of that. See, when you, when you build your life on the word of God, you're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. But when you don't build the word of God into your heart and into your mind and into your spirit, man, you're weak. So to be fair to the whole situation, you know, the leadership of this country is presiding over a weak populace. Weak. Amen. Weak educationally and weak spiritually. I got to pick a, stop, a, a, a place to stop. Let me get to it. So the very fact that God hears me is a miracle. The very fact that I get an answer is a miracle. And then on top of it, when I do get a miracle, that's a miracle. It's all a miracle. And it's all based on abiding in him and his word abiding in us. That instant that you say there are no miracles in this dispensation, you deny that our walk is a faith walk, and you declare that our walk is a reason-only walk. And that's where most of the church world lives. That's where the politicians live. That's where Washington, D.C. lives. That's where they live in, in Austin. They're walking by the census. Actually, they're not even walking by the census. About a year ago, I stood here on a Wednesday night, and I said, people are not even walking by the mind anymore. They're walking by, the soul. They're walking by their emotions. Remember that? How many of you were here that night? And that's what they're doing. 
I don't know if you saw the video, and I forgot which politician it was, but he, he comes up to the, the camera. He didn't know that it was a wide angle. And he comes up to the stage. He's going to go out there and speak. He comes up to the stage, and he's not wearing a mask. And then he puts the mask on. Then he walks out to the podium, and then he takes the mask off. It's all theater. Right. Because, and, and they're not, the point is, if you were walking by the mind, you wouldn't do any of this stuff. So they're not walking by the mind, they're walking by feelings. People are afraid. And, and look, be mindful of this, because just because you're not afraid could aggravate people out here. So that's another reason to not go to a bunch of places. Because the very fact that you're not afraid, well, who do you think you are that you're not afraid? Well, I'm a child of God. I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. I got the angels of God around me. Oh, man, they just go nuts. Because, see, they're not even walking by the mind. They're walking by their emotions. Then they're afraid. And, by the way, this is how you control people. You, you, you get them to be afraid, and then you can control them. So I challenge you to find one place where God tells us as believers to walk by reason. I challenge you to find one place where God tells us as believers to walk by our feelings. Say it out loud. Our God is a faith God. Our God is a faith God. We, are a faith family, we are a faith family. And we are faith children, we are faith children of a faith God. Faith Say it again. Our God is a faith God. And we are a faith family. We are faith children of a faith God. Amen. Amen. And you, there might be somebody here this evening and, you know, you're upset because I'm, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Amen. I'm not afraid. Not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Psalm 91. Forget about something coming on me. Psalm 91, no harm shall come nigh unto my tent. Amen. 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 See, you learn when, when you spend time in the word of God, you, you think biblically and you speak biblically. How did Jesus get rid of the devil? He fasted 40 days. He was hungry and the devil came to tempt him. How did Jesus get rid of the devil? He quoted the word to him once. Twice, three times. So if, if Jesus himself had to quote the word of God to the devil three times to get rid of the devil, why would we think we can get rid of the devil without quoting the word of God? And we might have to, we might have to find three verses that cover our situation. So we have, we have three bullets. I think of all of this the same. You know, I come back in the house here a few days ago and she says, what are you doing? What have you been doing? And I said, well, I always carry a gun when I get gas when it's dark. And she said, well, you got magazines. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I carry the 45 and then I got two more magazines because you don't know. You know, it's, it's dark out there. You don't know what you're going to run into. So I'm ready. And that's the way I handle the word of God. 
I don't know what the devil's going to, you know, I don't know what he's going to do. So I got to be armed. And then I need extra bullets. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because I don't know. See? And uh, I know one thing, you know, the more armed you are, the less trouble you have. Now, how that works, I don't know. I think a lot of it is Satan knows. John Osteen used to say, you get to a place in God. Well, actually, he told it this way. I don't know if he had a vision or a dream, but there were these two little demons walking down the street. And uh, when I say little demons, I'm not trying to be sarcastic, but even Dad Hagen said that when you see them, they're like small monkeys. And he said, there's these two little demons walking down the street. And one said to the other, that's John and Dodie's house, Osteen's house. Let's go in there and let's put something on them. And the other demon said, no, there's no point in doing that. I've tried that. Uh, they'll run us out of there. Let's, let's go find somebody easier. <laughs> and then he taught it this way. You come to a place in God where it's not that he'll never come back. Because even in Jesus' situation, Satan waited for a more opportune time to come back. So it's not that he'll never come back, but he doesn't come back very often. Because, he, look, the devil went to business school. And so he knows to go for the low-hanging fruit. So he's not going to go after the strong. Why should he go after the strong when there's all these weak people out here and he can put stuff on them and push them around and wreck their lives? But he'll come by every once in a while to see if you gave up being strong. Say it out loud. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Say it again. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and the joy of the Lord. It's my, it's my strength. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.